This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 247, submission 1834, The Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show. The Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show aired on CBS Saturday mornings from September 7th of 1974 to August 30th of 1975 for 16 episodes. And also, you might want to make a sandwich or something. They open well over two and a half minutes long. Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show, starring Bill, Mark, and Brett, the Hudson Brothers, with Ken Ziegler, Billy Van, and Peter Cullen, Murray Langston and Freeman King, Avril Chow, the Bear, and Rod Hull and his extraordinary Australian emu. And sets, lights, and all sorts of fun things. On the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show. Yeah. <laughs> Set yourself down. It's time to turn it on. Get up on your feet and razzle dazzle. So guys, we're approaching another completed orbit of the sun for me. Happy birthday, it's, Mike. It, it, that's basically what I'm trying to say. Uh, I, I've made uh, it through another revolution, and my reward, just like last year, is I get to pick an episode, and 
I, I noticed that when Chico and Greg did their episodes, they did stuff from their childhood or something that, uh, you know, that, that, that sort of had meaning to them. This doesn't really have meaning to me in that sense, but it has more meaning, I think, than You Don't Know Jack, which was my pick last year. It was a good pick last year. It was an okay pick. I think I could have done better, and I really thought I did better. No, I'm sorry. you didn't. No, you didn't. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I said I thought I did. Better. Uh, yeah, that's true. I I didn't say I think I did better. I thought I did better. Picking this show, and the reason I picked this show back in must have been about September. I was watching Family Guy reruns and. They did a, uh, a mention, as Family Guy will do, of the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show because uh, Peter said that, or, or Quagmire said that Peter needed some Razzle Dazzle. And it just suddenly segued into an open of this show, which, as you heard, well over two and a half minutes, almost three minutes long. And at that point, two things happened. One, I got the interest in doing this episode, but also two, that night, I went on Amazon to see if it was available on DVD. Lo and behold, it's available on DVD. I bought it, got it a few nights later, and slowly went through some of the episodes. I don't want to say I didn't pay much attention to them. But I noticed some stuff about this show as I was preparing for this installment. And really, it sort of soured on me at that point. We'll get to that in a little bit. First, I think we need to say, who are the Hudson Brothers? Why are they popular? Why do they have their own show? Well, they were a music group, three brothers, Bill, Brett, and Mark. And they started in the late 60s. And they performed on a number of, of TV shows. Uh, they really got fame after appearing on the Sonny and Cher show. But uh, they appeared all over the place throughout the 70s. They were on Hollywood Squares. They were on Dinah Shore's show, Merv Griffin's show, Mike Douglas's show. I mean, basically, they made the rounds, if you will. And they did have a couple of somewhat big singles. Uh, one of them, uh, it only got to like 21 on the Billboard uh, Top 40 or Top 100, was So You Are a Star uh, in 1974. They really didn't have any major hits per se uh, from a recording standpoint. I don't want to say they were more well known for being on TV shows, but that's, I think, the best way I can phrase it is they were more well known for being on TV shows. Uh, so You Are a Star actually reached number five in Canada. But yeah, I'm taking a look here. The highest position they got in the United States was that 21. They had a number 26, quote unquote, hit with Rendezvous in 1975. But everything else didn't even scratch the top 100 for the most part. There were a couple that got into the... Uh, the 50s and uh, low 70s, but nothing overly amazing. They didn't have any number one singles by any stretch of the imagination. 
but they still made the rounds and became reasonably popular with the younger set in the early 70s to the point where they actually had their own variety show on CBS in the summer of 1974. It was all five episodes. It was on Wednesday nights on CBS from July 31st of 1974 to August 28th of 1974. But that series was so successful that CBS moved them essentially to Saturday mornings where they would get the younger crowd, the ones that really liked them. And these are guys who were in their early to uh, mid-20s in 1974. So they were a younger band. Yeah, um, I actually watched an episode of this. It sort of struck me as American Bandstand meets the Monkees meets Latin for kids. That's not a bad way of phrasing it. It, it. it is a little bit of music, a little bit of comedy. They tried. Let's say that. They tried. God bless them. They tried. Yeah, they really did try, but we're going to get into the episodes and you'll see a lot of repetition among the episodes. But first, who was on this show? Now, we talked about the three Hudson brothers. We have Mark Hudson and Brett Hudson and Bill Hudson. Maybe not so well known nowadays, but really, uh, and this was, I believe, thanks to, to Greg earlier, Bill Hudson may be the most popular of the three brothers, not necessarily for what he's done on TV or uh, in the music business, but two of the kids that he fathered. Right, Greg? Oh, yeah. Um, actually, I believe Chico is the one who uh, revealed it. Yeah. Uh, Bill Hudson married Goldie Hawn once upon a time, and they had two kids of import, uh, a girl named Kate and a boy named Oliver. Yeah, and we know who Kate Hudson is, and Oliver's her older brother. Not as popular necessarily, but still recognizable to say the least. Yes. So funny. But beyond the three Hudson brothers, the rest of the cast on this show, there's a few names here. We'll, we'll get to them in a little bit. Uh, we had Ted Ziegler on this show. I mean, you heard these names in the opening uh, at the beginning of this show. Ted Ziegler really was not known for much of anything. He was uh, a performer on the Sonny and Cher show uh, in the 1976-77 uh, season. But beyond that, looks like the most popular thing he may have done was he voiced Mungo, among other characters, on Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another uh, TV series from our uh, our childhoods. And he was also played uh, a couple of characters on Mama's Family. You also had Billy Van. And Billy Van, not really known for that much, unfortunately. He appears to have done a couple of Canadian TV shows. He did ENG for an episode. He was on two episodes of definitely future installment. Check it out with Don Adams. He was a, if we're talking Canadian, you know what's coming up. 
He was on an episode of Hanging In. Yep. Oh, wow. Hanging In. It's like our Canadian wings. Oh, gosh. Don't get us started on wings. Yeah. Well, good point. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, he passed away in 2003. Oh. Yeah. And then Peter Cullen is part of this group. And beyond being part of the ensemble cast, he's actually the announcer on this show. So that Mm -hmm. gravelly voice you hear announcing uh, in the open and uh, in the close of the show, that's Peter Cullen. And where you might have seen him, uh, he was in the most recent uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he's done voices for Transformers. Uh, oh, not the... just any voice for Transformers. Oh no, oh no, they're, 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 no, not just any voice. You're absolutely right. He was the voice of Optimus Prime. Yes, he was. And beyond that, he's also been the voice of Eeyore. He did Eeyore's voice on My Friends Tigger and Pooh. He even did Eeyore's voice on an episode of Doc McStuffins. Didn't think we'd ever get a Doc McStuffins reference on this show. That's just peachy. But yeah, I mean, he's a big voice uh, between Optimus Prime and Eeyore, and he's been doing those voices for many, many, many years. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we were to list all of the shows that Peter Cullen has voiced for, we'd literally be here forever. We probably legitimately would. You're right. We also have... Freeman King on this show and Freeman King uh, appeared on a couple of episodes of what's happening, but he was another one of those performers uh, on the Sonny and Cher comedy hour back in the early seventies. So he sort of cut his teeth doing variety shows like this. Yeah. He was also the DJ on dance fever and uh, a panelist on a 1980 episode of match game. PM. Yes, he was. Maybe the biggest name of anybody in this cast is Murray Langston. But you wouldn't know him by the name Murray Langston, most likely. Probably wouldn't even recognize his face if he showed it to you. You might. You might. Murray Langston's the unknown comic. Oh, yeah, the unknown comic. That's all we need to say. Look at old episodes of The Gong Show. He's the guy with the big paper bag over his head. Everybody knows the unknown comic. Which is odd if you think about it. And also, just like Freeman King, he was part of the ensemble on the Sunny and Share Comedy Hour. Next is Avril Chown. And really, this is just about all she's known for. She actually has a total of three credits to her name, this, a TV movie called Friends of Gilda, which I'm going to assume is probably related to Gilda Radner, and it came out in 1993, so that makes sense. Uh-huh. And then she was on an episode of a TV show from 1969 called It's Our Stuff. That's her career in a nutshell. I guess it gets Canadian somehow. 
Yep. It may be. It's Canadian. And also Friends of Gilda looks like it's Canadian as well. Mm. Then we have Rod Hull. And his big thing in this show, he has an emu. Not a real emu. It's sort of like if you've ever seen a costume where somebody looks like they're carrying somebody else on their back and it's just one person. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like that, except think of the emu as being his right hand. So he'd have like a fake right arm and his real right arm would control the emu. If that makes any sense. Oh, that makes total sense. I'm hoping I'm painting a valid picture, but yeah, Rod Hull and his emu were basically together wherever they went. So you didn't have Rod Hull by himself. You had Rod Hull and his emu. Yep, and And, he did a lot of television with that emu. And we were talking about this show, EBC One, Emu's Broadcast Company, Emu's World, Emu's All Live Pink Windmill Show, Emu's Wide World. EMU-TV, and Grot Bags. And those shows are primarily British. I believe they're British or Canadian. And I do believe he is of British descent. He does have an accent when he talks on the show. Yes, although although he is British, the emu is Australian. Or at least that's what he says. Well, yeah, that makes sense. And again, sadly, no longer with us. No. And one other person who shows up in every episode is Scott Fisher, who plays Fabulous Freddy. And he actually, believe it or not, he's like a 10-year-old television executive. Not even kidding. They call him uh, Fabulous Freddy or Mr. Freddy. And he's the network vice president in charge of kids programming. And basically what you see is at the start of every episode and at the end of every episode, he has some sort of feedback for the Hudson brothers about the TV show. We'll talk about a little of it in a little bit. But also, uh, th- there are some uh, special guests, supposedly, and I could not find this person on the DVDs as I was watching them. Supposedly, Bob Monkhouse appeared at least on one episode. Wow. Yeah, oh. you know you yeah, you know who Bob Monkhouse is. Uh the Bob Monkhouse. Well, the, the Bob Monkhouse, uh he did Bob's Full House, which is basically like the original version of Mr. Black card. Did I do that right? Yeah. Okay. And uh also he hosted Wipeout in Britain. The trivia show Wipeout, the Peter Markham show. He hosted that uh, for, looks like, about three seasons. And he hosted Celebrity Squares, which is their version of Hollywood Squares. So needless to say, a big name. A very big name. Yep. And also appearing on a couple of episodes is Jack Duffy. Primarily, he plays the chauffeur for Freddy. We'll get into more details about how he's a chauffeur. But he's just one of those guys who did quite a bit of things uh, from the even as far back as the 50s all the way to 2010. 
and he passed away in 2008. So uh, he had a very lengthy career in, uh, in entertainment. So let's get into these episodes. And I'm just going to preface it by saying I lasted about four episodes. And I'm going to share the notes I have here. Because I think the notes that I have here are going to paint a picture as to what we're seeing. So the first episode starts off with Fabulous Freddy, Mr. Freddy, introducing himself to the brothers. And then after maybe about a minute or two segment with, uh, with Freddy, the vice president in charge of kids programming, the brothers do a song, but are quickly interrupted by five men in suits who enter into a phone booth and each turn into a superhero in a blue suit with red tights. Wink, wink, wink. I wonder who they're trying to play. A blue there. suit with red tights or a red tight with blue suit? Or a red a, suit? A, with- a, a blue suit with red tights and a red and yellow logo on it. Wink, Does wink, this wink. look like anything? Yeah, exactly. Get- it's supposed to be Superman. Surprise, yes. Uh, in costume, these five superheroes show the brothers their stuff with a quick dance before leaving, eventually running into a brick wall. Ow. Yeah, ow. The brothers then go into a rendition of Traveling Band by Credence Clearwater Revival. After they do that song, they cut to Rod Hull and his emu, and they're trying to make an omelet. And with the emu, Hilarity ensues. (laughs) I know that seems sort of cliche because we've been using that phrase for the last month or so, but really hilarity ensues. The emu uh, tries holding on to an egg in its mouth while Rod Hull gets everything ready and Rod Hull puts his elbow on the, the emu's mouth and cracks the egg and the emu looks all mad and sort of throws the egg out of his mouth onto Rod Hall and then just starts grabbing eggs. There's probably a bowl of two dozen eggs and just starts picking an egg up and throwing it at, uh, on, uh, on Rod Hall's uh, toque and yeah, uh, chaos and hilarity ensues. Then uh, we, we have a commercial and actually about the commercials, the intro and the outro of the commercials feature this old man. And he's like in a nightcap and a, uh, like a sleeping gown. And you actually hear him in the start of the episode and in the open, he does that sort of mumble, mumble, mumble. And he actually in the opening credits, he has a like rocket ship. And unfortunately his like gown gets tied to it and he goes blasting up in the air and, explosions happen and whatnot but every intro and outro features this guy either like painting a, a picture of the hudson brothers or uh, putting up a poster or watering a plant and the plant turns into the hudson brothers some type of you know here's the hudson brothers oh we'll be back in a second and when they come back either the picture falls the poster falls or the plants die, and that's sort of like the the segue into hey, we're back from the commercial. Now, so, uh, so if you if you listen very carefully, you can hear the now back to the razzle dazzle show. Right. So the second half of the show, or after the second commercial, 
this happens on every episode. It's called the razzle dazzle wrap up of everything. And it's sort of, I don't, I don't want to say it's everything, but it's a bunch of, quick fire comedy sketches, maybe three or four in the span of maybe about four or five minutes. Yeah. Some of them are very you know, quick hits. Others take a little while to get there. But generally it doesn't take much more than about five or six minutes. There's usually three or four uh, skits per segment of uh, the razzle dazzle wrap up of everything. And the first segment is uh, the Razzle Dazzle Book of Strangeness. What happens is one of the Hudson brothers is reading from this giant book and a hand comes up from the book and pulls the Hudson brother into the book. Ha ha ha. That looks familiar. Like, um, I mean, I, I, it reminds me of something. I, I can't remember what it is. So. Now, I know what you're thinking of. I, I can't think of it either. But yeah, so, so like a hand or two hands, or even on one episode, there were like four hands or three hands that four grabbed hands. the Hudson brother and, and grabbed him in or, and, and pulled him in. Then the next segment has five Frankenstein monsters, and it's sort of a reverse of the whole Frankenstein thing. It isn't Dr. Frankenstein creating the monster. The monsters are creating a person. And in this episode, they create a fireman. And again, it's just goofy slapstick type of comedy. And eventually what happens is the fireman runs through the wall, not unlike what the Frankenstein monster did in Frankenstein. Yeah, again, hilarity ensues. Yes, uh, hilarity did ensue. Well, they tried. Uh, and then on this episode, the, the last segment in the Razzle Dazzle wrap-up of everything was the country of the week. And they went to the fictional country of Peaky Peaky. And what Peaky Peaky was, was a single rock with six people living on it. And everybody is holding on to the single palm tree and each other because it's in shark-infested water. They're literally on a rock probably no bigger than like six feet, seven feet in, in uh, uh, diameter. And yeah, uh, again, hit and miss on the comedy there. Then uh, there's again, another commercial break. Mr. Freddy returns for the end of the show. Like we talked about earlier and tells the brothers how they did on this first episode and invites them back for episode two. They actually include a moral at the end of some episodes. This one they did. Uh, and uh, after the moral's given, the brothers are caught in a net and dragged into a van, sort of like the reverse of the beginning of the show. They're put in that same van, but now the credits are sort of in reverse. You leave the studio. They uh, go on the the football field, they go onto the highway, they do the roundabout that uh, you saw them go around three or four times, and then they return back to basically the starting point, the, the warehouse where uh, the show began. So that's the first episode. Now, episode two, this is where I started noticing some things that really turned me off. Mr. Freddy tells the brothers to stop riding their bicycles in the halls. 
Uh, there's some sort of bizarre interlude that happens when the band starts singing regarding one of them having the wrong guitar. And it's really bizarre, very weird. They like, there's like five actors. They're all dressed in very similar outfits. I don't even know what they're trying to be dressed up as. Yeah, well, I, I have the notes here. They're called the Razzle Dazzle Men. Because not, of the, they not are. the Supermen. The Razzle Dazzle Men. Well, well, they're probably the same five people. They're, they're probably like your Freeman King, your Murray Langston, your Peter Cullen. Yeah, they're, they're probably the same five people that were the superheroes. But what they did is they sort of like rebuilt one of the Hudson Brothers' bedrooms. They built uh, or brought out a, a bed, and I, I didn't get it. I, I really didn't get it. And after this interlude, they did a rendition of Gimme Some Lovin' by the Spencer Davis Group. Great song. Very good song. E even the Hudson Brothers didn't do a bad version of it. Love the original better, but just my opinion. Then Rod Hull and his emu go fishing. And again, my notes here, the emu's sole purpose is to cause mischief. And what the mischief entailed in this segment, there was an inflatable boat where if you pull the cord, it inflates. And guess what the emu did? Pulled the cord. <laughs> the emu pulled the cord and the boat blew up and he couldn't yeah it's funny it, it's really funny uh, and then after that you had the Budapest String Quartet again totally bizarre because what is the Budapest String Quartet made of a flautist and two tuba players not even a quartet and no string instruments. Again, I'm like, I got my hands up in my air. I'm shaking my head. No, I, I, it's just too bizarre. And then uh, we get to the razzle-dazzle wrap-up of everything. And, you know, remind me if this sounds familiar. The razzle-dazzle book of strangeness. Again, a hand comes up and pulls in the guy. Ha, ha, ha. It isn't the same thing they did the previous week, but it's similar. The five Frankensteins, guess what they do? They create not a fireman this time, but a postman. And they do some st stupid gags and, and uh, visual jokes uh, regarding, oh, well, I'd like to get some stamps. And so the postman stamped his foot on, the, on one of the Frankenstein's feeds. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, this really goofy comedy. And then one brother is at a large dinner table talking about etiquette. He asks for someone to pass the fruit. And somebody from uh, offstage throws a large stuffed bunch of bananas at him. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, pass the fruit. And then there's another etiquette skit done. This time it's set on an outdoor patio. This is the first sighting of the bear that we heard about in the open. We, we talked uh, last week. We said there's a bear and an emu. This is the first sighting of the bear. And the bear tries learning etiquette. And guess what? He is all paws. It doesn't go over well. Right. And then after the third commercial break, uh, the brothers again ask for Freddie's opinion of this week's show. Apparently, a running gag is passing on food, saying they're trying to cut down. 
I'll put it in here. This is literally on twice per episode. Any segment done with Freddie has this going on. He'll offer them some sort of food, generally candy or pastry or something like that. And they'll say, no, thank you. Uh, we're going to pass. We're trying to cut down. And Freddie does this thing where he, I don't know, he, he, he sort of lunges towards them and he then goes, hmm. Care for a chocolate covered walnut? No, thanks. We're trying to cut down. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know if it's supposed to be a thing, but it's just, it doesn't make any sense. If you ask me, this whole show started not to make any sense. Hold that thought, because I have more notes uh, just for the end of the episode. Oh, boy. They do another moral and then get taken away by Annette. And this is literally what I have at the end of episode two. God, this show is stupid. <laughs> Beyond stupid, it's also very derivative. Right, Ango? Derivative. Yeah. Thank you, Ango. You haven't probably even seen this show in like 50 years, and you can tell this is bad. Episode three, again, talking about derivative, it's almost the same show every episode. I mean, it's a variety show, but ironically, there's no variety. It starts off with Freddie, and he has to attend a network meeting. And we talked about his chauffeur earlier. He gets his chauffeur. The chauffeur arrives on a tricycle. Mm. Uh, the the uh, Hudson brothers then try singing traveling band again. But a gorilla interrupts the song. We have the same five suits from episode one intervening. And just like last time, they go into the phone booth. And just like uh, last time, they do the superhero thing. Again, one of the heroes takes the gorilla to get a banana hamburger. The other four heroes just flat out leave. Again. Derivative. Then we get another musical number, a, a proper musical number from the brothers. And they sing... Keep the customer satisfied by Simon and Garfunkel. Then after the song, it's Rod Hull and his emu. And what does he try doing this week with the emu? Taking him to the vet. That's not going to end well. No. Again, it's just derivative. And then uh, we have our second commercial break. And then we get to the razzle-dazzle wrap-up of everything. Boy, tell me if this sounds familiar. And again, I'm going to read my notes the way I wrote them down because you can start telling I'm getting really irritated and frustrated by this show at this point. The damn book of peculiarities. I I don't even call it the razzle-dazzle book of strangeness. The damn book of peculiarities. A coin toss is done. The book wins. Guess what happens? Up comes the claw of doom. How'd you know? Lucky guess. It's like I know that Greg likes wings. Or you see a pattern happening here. Again, derivative, repetitive. Hey, what's after that? The five Frankensteins. 
And what did they create this time? Oh, gee, I wonder what they're going to create. A telephone installer. Yeah. Uh, yay. Hey, we do get a new segment after this called The Adventures of Chucky Margolis. But I'm just going to tell you what I put here for that. Oh, boy. What is it? I stopped caring at this point. Good. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah, it it had to do with like baseball, but I was like totally done with this series by then. Uh, And then they had Camelot Kings and the Crazy Knights do a hundred yard dash, but all four knights fall over due to the weight of their armor. Ha 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 ha. Then uh, Freddie returns to let the brothers know the executive who greenlit the show now works at a car wash. No morals. They end the show by counting to 10,000 by fives. And once they get to 40, the net arrives. End of show. I mean, I understand, you know, the structure within the show, but there needs to be variety. And it's just so darn derivative. I'm getting tired just hearing about this. Hey, don't worry, because... I stopped taking notes after episode four, not even after the entire episode, halfway through episode four, I'm like, done, checking out. We're going to just go on IMDb and do recaps based on what it says, with one exception. We'll we'll get to that in a little bit. So uh, Freddie was going to the commissary to start episode four to throw a surprise party for the brothers. But he tells them, he's like, hey, I'm going to the commissary and I'm going to throw a surprise party for you guys. Duh. Now it's ruined. Uh, There's another guitar issue and another interlude of goofiness by the five people on screen. The brother wants an A note. You know, you know, like they say, give me a C or give me a a high B or whatever. He wants an A note. He wants an A note. He wants an A. And what the five people do is, is they come on stage and set up a giant styrofoam A in front of the brothers. Ah. Oh, boy. Do they do a lot of jumping? They do a lot of jumping. And that's another thing about when these five people get go on stage. They do a lot of, like, uh, reversing and forwarding, like, really fast motions to make it look goofy. Something you would have seen back in like the 70s. I'm thinking of something like uh, Banana Splits. If I was you know thinking more about. Benny Hill, but go on. Benny Hill works too. I'm thinking Banana Splits since, again, we're talking about a kid's show. But they do stuff like that where, yeah, if they're jumping up in the air, the, the, the video uh, reverses for maybe five or ten frames and puts them back down again, and then they uh, go forward five or ten frames, and they repeat that like four or five times. I don't know. I don't know if it just doesn't age well, if it's my cantankerousness and my old age, or just the fact that it's just so repetitive. Yeah. Or also, maybe it's just the dumb jokes. Give me an A, and they bring up this giant foam letter A. I understand it's a, a kid's show, you're probably entertaining, I would guess, between the ages of about 11 or 12 and maybe about 16. Even 16-year-olds, I don't think, would find this funny. Maybe the girls will watch it because the Hudson brothers, you know. 
they're, th- they're three guys. So after this whole thing with the big styrofoam letter A, the brothers sing one of their own songs. They don't do a cover of another song. They actually sing So You Are a Star that I mentioned earlier, hit number 21. And then Rod and the Emu make custard tarts. Oh, that sounds delicious. And messy. Oh. And that literally is the end of my notes for this series. Three and a half episodes in, I'm like, no, this is too stupid and too redundant. So for the rest of the episodes, I'm going to refer to our good friend, IMDB, who's got all the details, except for one exception. We'll talk about that right in the last episode, actually. So uh, we said there was uh, Suyara Star. We talked about Rod Hall and his emu. They call it chefs, but they did make a custard tart. Uh, the Razzle Dazzle wrap-up. The Book of Very Strange Things. Again, I wonder what happens. The Monsters Lab. This time, the monsters make a pediatrician. And they actually specify female pediatrician. Uh, Space Cadets and Apple Pie. Razzle Dazzle wrap-up reprise. Fabulous Freddy and some rewards. Then they do a thousand jokes, the net and crazy credits. Again, it's the same, pretty much the same thing. Hopefully there's some variation after the first four episodes. I will say the last episode, there is a little bit more variety, but how much variety can we uh, actually see on this? So at the start of episode five, after the introduction and the greeting from the brothers, uh, Freddy uh, and my monkeys survey, that's what it's called, Fabulous Freddy and my monkeys survey. Boy, I should have watched that. That might have actually been sort of interesting. Party with the super guys. Okay, so there's our five superheroes names, the super guys. The super guys? Super guys, yes. And then the brothers do their rendition of Cry, Cry, Cry by Johnny Cash. Uh, There's a riddle. Uh, Rod Hall and his emu, health and wellness. So I'm sure we could imagine what hilarity ensues where they have one of those probably stretchy things and the emu maybe uh, gets Rod Hall's nose caught in it or, yeah, hilarity definitely ensues. Uh, And then there's a song on the range. The Razzle Dazzle wrap-up. We go back to the island of Piggy Piggy from first episode. There's another adventure of Stuart Margolis. Again, don't know, don't care. Uh, doesn't look like they did the book this week, though. And they didn't do the uh, the Frankenstein monster. So at least you have a little bit of variation there. And then Fabulous Freddy's father said... And uh, then uh, there's some sort of neat and tidy little sketch, which then transitions into the net and the end credits. Mm. Episode six, Fabulous Freddy and a Fire Drill. The song the Hudson Brothers do, IMDb says it's called Hollywood Sensation. But at the same time, taking a look online, the Hudson Brothers did have a song called Hollywood Situation. So, and I can't find any song called Hollywood Sensation. So we'll err on the side of caution and say that it's the Hudson Brothers song. 
Then after the song, it's Rod Hull and, and the emu, and they're painting. Boy, what could go wrong with Rod Hull and the crazy emu painting? Oh, I can think of a few things. Oh, I think we can all think of a few things. Uh, then there's a Russian dance, a razzle-dazzle wrap-up of everything, including the book, including the Monsters Lab. This week, they created an airline pilot. And then, for the first time, the three galoshes. Sounds like it might be a musical skit. The three galoshes. I don't even want to know. Oh, you know, I would have actually probably wanted to watch this on episode six. Sam Bear, Private Eye. The Bear's a Private Eye. The Bear's a Private Eye. The Bear's a Private Eye. That, I think, might have been funny just based on that title. And then we get the Budapest String Quartet again. Again. Again, where they're not a quartet and there are no string instruments. And then uh, we have our Fabulous Freddy segment at the end. The Hudson brothers say they're going to do a three-hour tap dance and the net takes them away into the episode. Again, this is like a slog. This is... This Sounds is, very sloggy. This, Chico, using one of your terms, this is NG. No good. No good. And I'm saying that six episodes in, and even though I only saw four of the episodes. So, you know what? We're just going to skim over this, like, really fast. If there's anything out of the ordinary, I'm going to put it in there. If I don't mention it, assume that the order is Fabulous Freddy, some goofy little sketch uh, with the brothers uh, with Fabulous Freddy, then the song, then Rod Hull and uh, the Emu, then the Razzle Dazzle wrap-up of everything with the book, with the monsters, and then closing out the show with uh, Freddy and the brothers, and the brothers do some sort of stupid time waster that'll take hours, and the net takes them away. I think that's the easiest way you get through this because it's just so redundant. So ridiculously redundant. redundant. It's like I feel my years slipping away. Yeah, this is not a good uh, use of time. Uh, Fabulous Freddy uh, talks about his dog Rover. There's knock-knock jokes. Uh, the, The brothers sing the song Show Me, which we think is done by Tom Jones. Uh, there's something involving a French poodle, Rod Hull and Zemu makeup. Oh, that doesn't sound like something that's been done 10,000 times before with the pancake makeup. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. redundant and derivative. Uh, the wrap up book of very strange things. The monsters create a nurse. Hello nurse. Hello nurse. There's the adventures of Stuart Margolis. Again, probably very boring. Uh, uh, Fabulous Freddy uh, and his three phone calls at the end of the show. There's a moral, uh, a don't fight philosophy. Then the Hudson brothers give the Hudson history of the world. End of the show. Episode eight. Oh, boy. Fabulous Freddy, knock, knock jokes. The super guys uh, are able to leap a tall building. The song that the brothers do is Sometimes the Rain Will Fall. And that was done by the Hudson brothers themselves. So that wasn't a cover. Rod Hull and his emu do Robin Hood archery. Polarity ensued. 
There was a Russian dance, Razzle Dazzle wrap up of everything, the book of very strange things, the monsters lab this week creates a policewoman, another adventure of Stuart Margolis, uh, yawn, yawn, yawn. Uh, and then uh, Freddie comes in uh, at the end. Uh, Mark gives his full story of his life, and the net comes in. Then we go to episode nine. Fabulous Freddy is doing something with a supermarket sale. The song they do is I'd Rather Be Home in Bed. That's about how I felt after watching hmm. this uh, show. I'm feeling that way right now. Oh, part of me actually feels like it wants to be in a casket at this point. And I can't even find who sang that song. It may have been a Hudson Brothers song for all we know. Could very well be. I'd rather be home in bed. Well, is that necessarily a song you want to sing to teenagers? There's different things you can do in bed. Just saying. Uh, it doesn't look like the Hudson Brothers sang that song. Who cares? We're just going to move on. Yeah. Uh, Rod Hull and his emu, they do the story of Jack and the Beanstalk. We have the Razzle Dazzle wrap up of everything. We have the very straight, the book of very strange things. The monsters create a sanitation worker. The three galoshes are back. Sam Bear, private eyes back. Space cadets, Sunny Bono planet, and these are my toes. I'm not even going to ask. Uh, Fabulous Freddy and something nice. The Hudson Nutcracker Suite. End of the show. Episode, and, and I'm not even joking when I say this. Looking at the episodes, almost every episode. I think every episode actually has at least eight stars out of 10 on IMDb. Who rates this stuff? Clearly not us. Episode 10, uh, Fabulous Freddy asks, try some pie. Again, I think that fits in the same vein as what he did earlier with, would you like to have some donuts? Would you like to have some pastries? Would you like to have some, some candy bars? And uh, the brothers say, no, we're, we're cutting back. Just, again, very derivative. More knock-knock jokes. The call of the super guys. Free ride. As in that free ride. Free ride as in the song by the Edgar Winter Group, possibly? Come on and take a free ride. Yeah, so that one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they do some familiar songs. We talked about CCR earlier in Traveling Band. They do some well-known songs. They don't do just their own songs, but also at the same time, the, the one song by Simon Garfunkel, uh, Keep the Customer Satisfied. I never heard of that, and I'm, I think I'm a pretty decent uh, fan of uh, old-school Simon and Garfunkel, but whatever. Uh, Rod Hall is Emu, How to Fly, uh, another Russian dance, Razzle Dazzle wrap-up, uh, Camelot King and the Crazy Knights, this time instead of doing the 100-yard dash, they do a pole vault, uh, a postman song, another adventure of Stuart Margolis, uh, Fabulous Freddy has a press conference, uh, there's a reading and library lesson, and Hudson Shakespeare, boy, if regular Shakespeare didn't put you to sleep, Hudson Brothers Shakespeare is going to put you to sleep, bring out the net, end of the episode. Going on to episode 11. Oh, we're almost <sighs> there. Six more I'm, episodes. I'm, try I'm trying, man. We're both trying. We really are. Uh, 
Fabulous Freddy and the uh, phone in snack, which sort of sounds like it may be like DoorDash, but 45, 50 years earlier. Uh, My baby is the song uh, on this episode. Maybe it's Be My Baby by the Ronettes. You know, Be My Little Baby. Possibly. Be My Baby. Yeah. You you know what song, yeah. So Uh it, it may be that song, but it just says My Baby, and I do see a My Baby by the Temptations from 1965. So could be that. Uh, Rod Hull and Azimu, How to Make a Window Box for Flowers. Hilarity ensues. Cracker Jack Sailor's Song. The Razzle Wrap-Up of Everything. The Book of Very Strange Things. The Monster's Lab. They Create a Sea Captain. Afternoon uh, Tea with Emily Host. Not Emily Post. Emily Host. The Island of Piggy Piggy again. An- another recurring segment. Tidal Wave. Uh, Fabulous Freddy and uh, Poetic Praise, uh, My Hair, and then end of the episode. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, have you seen their hair? They have a very, very good uh, amount of hair. They're very hirsute. Yes. They, they, they have that early 70s flowing hair going on. Yes. Episode 12, Fabulous Freddy and the Fan Club Man. The song they sing is Coochie Coochie, I Love You. Rod Hall and the Emu put up a poster. Uh, the Budapest String Quartet of Three People with No String Instruments returns. Razzadez a wrap-up. Book of Very Strange Things. Monsters Create a Truck Driver. Stuart Margolis. Space Cadets Brownies with a Surprise Present. That does not sound good. This is the mid-70s. Pot is a thing. Brownies uh, yeah. with a surprise present. Wink, yeah, wink. Su- yeah, surprise present is uh, because it's it not 2022. It, yeah, surprise the, the, present is 5 to 10. Yeah, the surprise present isn't chocolate chips. Just saying. Maybe it is, but again, didn't care to watch. I'm totally like phased out at this point. Uh, and then Fabulous Freddy and the helicopter. Hudson's thank all their relatives. End of show. Thank heavens. Episode 13, Fabulous Freddy and Paddleball. Um, okay, this is the episode that's on YouTube. I've seen this. Okay, so you can maybe uh, give us a little insight. Okay, on this. so it starts with Fabulous Freddy asking everybody to play Paddleball. That's the sketch. Oh my. And then uh, Knock Knock, whatever that is. Knock knock uh, jokes, I think. Knock knock. They, 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 they like doing a knock knock joke, a really bad one, before they do their song, a- after they talk to Fabulous Freddy. Well, they haven't done their song yet. In fact, afterwards is Aftershave with the Razzle Dazzle Men. And they basically spend two or three minutes putting Aftershave on Brett. And he looks at the camera and says, Thanks. I needed that. We do get a real song, though. Uh-huh. Real good song. Uh, we get Great Balls of Fire. So they uh, did their rendition of uh, the Jerry Lee Lewis classic. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rod, Rod Hall and his Evo do some Houdini magic. Could and they then... have made this? Well, I just want to know, with, with the Houdini magic, could they have made this whole series disappear? Uh, no, but they could imprison Rod Hall in a straitjacket and not let him out until the end. 
They Does did. the emu get tied up as well in the straight yes. jacket? Yes. And hilarity ensues. And hilarity ensues, yes. And then there's the Lumberjacks Tiber tune, where uh, Mark chops down a tree with his brothers inside, of course. Razzle Dazzle wrap up of everything. Sam Bear, Private Eye. Actually, it's Fred Bear because I guess Sam's on vacation or something. The three galoshes sing again. The Camelot King of the Crazy Knights play the high hurdles. Fabulous Freddy relays from Mr. Big. They read their new book, Net Credits. And that takes us to 14. Uh, Fabulous Freddy and the elephant in the room. Boy, I wonder what the elephant in the room is. Cancellation? Probably an elephant. It may be an actual elephant, but I mean, there is an actual elephant in the room in the terms of, hey, this show's not all that good. It's very repetitive. You're not going to see a second season in 1975-76. Well, the good uh, news is they can replay this thing until its ultimate demise. Which is true. Uh, the song they sing is sometimes Rod Holland's Emu Sleeping Beauty. Oh, gosh. I can only imagine... I'm thinking uh, about Sleeping Beauty right now. We get Budapest String Quartet for a fourth time. The Razzle Dazzle wrap-up of everything. Manners and proper serving with Emily Host. So again, and this is a recurring segment, this uh, Emily Host, the etiquette, because we've seen this at least uh, three times now. Uh, we get another adventure of Stuart Margolis. We get the Island of Piggy Piggy again, the tourist trap. And then Fabulous Freddy brags about Hank Aaron. Now, I should watch that. That sounds very timely, and obviously we just lost Hank Aaron in the last year or so. Yeah, that, that would have been very timely because he would have hit his 715th home run in April of 74. Yep. So th I, that actually sounds interesting. I, I don't know how he'd brag about him, but whatever. Uh, the Hudson brothers have a message to mom. Net comes out, end of episode. We have two more episodes, episodes 15 and 16. 16 is definitely the better of the two. We're going to skim over 15 real fast, but 16, there's stuff I want to break down. So Fabulous Freddy's perfect punctuality. We get a knock-knock joke. Uh, Strawberry Soda and the Razzle Dazzle Men. I'm going to assume those are the, the five people in that crazy shorts or whatever else. Hey, we get Coochie Coochie, I Love You Again. Uh, Rod Hull and the Emu, hey, it's another painting sketch. Now we're not just derivative, now we're getting redundant. Because we did oh. Coochie Coochie, I Love You previously, and we did painting previously. Uh, the Razzle wrap-up consists of the Camelot King and the Crazy Knights, this time doing chin-ups, uh, another adventure of Stuart Margolis, High in the Saddle Cowboys, Fabulous Freddy's personal pogo stick problem. The moral of the show is be polite. The boys, uh, the brothers try tying a thousand knots. Net done. Last episode. Thank heavens. Thank God. Oh, yeah. Like I said, th this is a slog and a half going through this. Uh, Fabulous Freddy and the fire drill number two. Hey, look at this. For the third time, what song are they singing? Coochie Coochie, I Love You. Again derivative redundant uh, th that sort of sums up uh this tv show nicely 
The Rod Holland is emu, though, is very interesting. What it is in this episode is they go on a TV show, a fictional TV show called Talk to the Animals. And we have two very special guests. The announcer of the TV show is Gary Owens. Woo! Mr. Laffin, the voice of Laffin. Yeah, Laffin at the very least. And he did the voice of Antenna TV for its first uh, few years. He was the voice of Space Ghost. He was Space Ghost. He hosted the Gong Show, the the syndicated version in the late 70s and early 80s. Yeah, everybody knows who Gary Owens is. He has one of those super recognizable voices. But the host of Talk to the Animals, and this would have been a very big star on CBS in 1974, our favorite person of all time, I think, McLean Stevenson. What? Yes. Hey, we have a Greg appearance. Yeah, McLean Stevenson played this talk show host and really sort of got the uh, ire of the emu when he was promoting something called Bird Kill. And an emu is a bird. Yeah, and emu does something historically where he attacks celebrities. Well, McLean Stevenson, consider yourself attacked. And what he was attacked with was a box of the bird kill. Ouch. And and once the emu cracked the box open over McLean's head, he went down under his desk and pulled out another box of bird kill. Which infuriated the emu. He started attacking, physically attacking, and knocking to the ground McLean Stevenson and Gary Owens, even though Gary Owens had nothing to do with it. Yeah. But, but again, very redundant, very repetitive. Just, you know, hilarity ensues and people get hurt. And this time, and actually, uh, it isn't just the celebrities that got hurt. Rod Hall, since his arm is attached to the emu, he gets into the physical comedy quite a bit. Ow. You got to do what you got to do for your craft. That was by far the best installment of Rod Hall and his emu. Uh, Not just seeing Gary Owens and McLean Stevenson, but just the the whole thing from start to finish is actually very funny with McLean Stevenson getting the second box of bird kill and well, and, that's good. And, and, and the emu smashing the, the first box over his head. Yeah. Uh, after that, again, we do the razzle dazzle wrap up. We get Sam Bear, the private eye, three galoshes sing again, the island of piggy piggy, and wise one's news, lament of a fireman. Uh, Fabulous Freddy in the movie of the week, a three hour tap dance at the end. Of course, it isn't a three hour tap dance because the net comes, and we're done. Oh, gosh. I'd ask where this show went wrong, but I can pretty much suss that one out. Yeah. I I think Ango put it perfectly. Derivative. Derivative. So, yeah, the main thing is the show was just ridiculously derivative. It was the same basically half a dozen to eight or ten skits with the same punchlines and as we said, the same songs were even done up to three times. I don't know if it's because of musical rights issues or what have you, but you know, there's a reason all that type of stuff happened. 
Now, this show aired at 11.30 on Saturday mornings on CBS. The competition is interesting. It went up against Super Friends repeats, the second half hour of Super Friends repeats on ABC. But interestingly enough, on NBC, at least for about six episodes or so, the first six episodes, its competition on NBC was a future installment, Star Trek the Animated Series. And really taking a deeper look into that, that was promised two seasons and a minimum of 22 episodes. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what NBC gave it. It gave it two seasons. First season was 16 episodes. The second season was six episodes. And it was off the schedule by beginning of November of 74. Wow. It may have rerun till fall of 75, but at least again, for uh, you had six original episodes or, or new episodes to start out the, uh, the 74, 75 season. And then the Hudson brothers, and we mentioned this back in November, they were replaced at 1130 on Saturdays on CBS by the Ghostbusters. And we talked about that, how it was the number two rated uh, show on all of Saturday mornings in 1975-76, yet still didn't get a second season because of money. Mm. Well, money and also the company that did the number one show, uh, which was also Filmation, wanted to put their money in, uh, in, in ISIS. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But also just something interesting that I read while doing research for this. There were 29 network TV shows on Saturday mornings. Uh-huh. Would you believe almost half of them were new for the 1974-75 season? Wow. 14 Whoa. out of 29 were new shows. How many of them ended up getting renewed? Well, taking a look here really fast, uh, Isis Shazam definitely did. We know about the history of that. How many got renewed? I can tell you the answer is at least one of them didn't. Hudson Brothers. Just saying. Mm -hmm. And also, before we go, one thing just, uh, as I said earlier, this did come out on DVD, all 16 episodes. Plus, they actually have some special stuff in here. They do have, I don't know if it's, four of the uh, Stuart Margolis shorts from the series, or if they're ones that may have had bloopers in it. I, I didn't take a look at it, but there's that on here as well. Plus also there's actually footage from the summer 1974 show. Really? They don't have episodes. They don't have episodes, but they have different skits. They have an open to the show and really, the, the open of the show, I think, is the most interesting part from what I've seen as I close the DVD case up. I don't know why I did that while recording. But the, the opening to the show, I think, is sort of fascinating because it was sort of a take on the name game. You remember the name game? Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, it, it was a little bit of a take off of that. And I don't know, it, it, the music and just, again, the look of 1974, the on-screen graphics, 
it, it was very captivating to, uh, to me for some reason. Ladies and gentlemen, sort of wish they used that opening for the Saturday morning show instead of two and a half minutes of yeah, them in packing the van, driving the van around and unpacking the van. And, and, and yeah, just, uh, I, I, I want to yeah. like rinse my mouth out of this series entirely. Yes, I have it. Yes. Eventually I'll finish watching like the, the, the eight episodes I didn't see or the nine episodes I didn't see, but oh my gosh, I, as I told Greg and Chico before we recorded, I have many regrets about this. Yeah, you do have many regrets. A lot of regrets. I do. I mean, I, honestly, if I could do it over again, yes, I'd still buy this just for the curiosity factor. But, oh, my gosh, my money in the bank would have been something more palatable, more tolerable, that aged better. I mean, this is a 40, what, 48-year-old show now, 47-year-old show. Yeah, well, we all make mistakes in life. I'll just have to rebound uh, from my money in the bank in 2023. Okay. I wish we could say more about the Razzle Dazzle show, but it was just bad. And actually reading a review of the summer variety show that brought us the Razzle Dazzle show, the review basically said the humor was juvenile and bad. So they tried doing the same type of humor, it sounds like, for an adult audience. May have gotten the kids' attention, but obviously it didn't translate that well or it didn't last that long because it sucked mm-hmm. yeah but yeah there was a show called the hudson brothers razzle dazzle show it isn't anything that was made up by seth mcfarlane once upon a time and in 1974 there was no razzle and there, there was, was no, no dazzle, dazzle. Nope, no no nope. dazzle no. no dazzle at all there was a bear, though. And an emu. And, and McCle- an emu. And, and we did get a gorilla, too. Yeah, and McLean Stevenson appeared. And Peter Cullen. And, and, and Gary him. Owens. But in 1974, the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show, it had no razzle. It had no dazzle. It was just a thing on TV. But we do have a whole lot of razzle-dazzle over at our website. It was a thing on TV.com where you can find all of our previous installments, all of our live shows, all of our mini-sodes, and 
next week. Holy cow, next week. Is it March already? Yeah. Yes. I guess we should start watching pilots then. I guess we have to. Yep, it is the return of pilot month, and we have a whole whole lot of pilots to uh, talk about, and all of them are just really, really awesome in their own way. We have a superhero show, an animated show, a science fiction sort of otherworldly show. We have some sort of quirky TV surfing. We have another superhero show. We got a game show, Mike, created by Wake Martindale. Of course we've got a game show in there. We've got a reboot slash sequel show and another reboot slash sequel show. Yeah, that's March in a nutshell. Yep, and plus we have two very special specials. We have... Well, I'm going to keep one a secret, but the other one is something we've been sort of building up to for the last couple of years. It is... Please explain what uh, the uh, Hall of Fame class of 2022 is. Well, there are certain people that we've talked about putting into our hypothetical Hall of Fame, and we're actually going to do our first class. We're going to... I don't know how many people we're going to put in that first class, but the thing is, I'm sure each of us has a set of names that we believe should be in our quote-unquote Hall of Fame for various reasons. And I know I've got a name that probably neither of you has on your list, but I have a very good reason to put him in the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to talk about it now. I'll bring it up in that special. All right. But in the meantime, don't forget, we are on all the socials at It Was A Thing on TV, except for Facebook, of course, where we are at It Was A Thing on TV podcast. All of our shows are available wherever fine podcasts can be streamed. And, of course, at It Was A Thing on TV.com. And I guess that's it for this week. Mike, happy birthday again. Thank you. Even though this was not a happy birthday present. Oh, they'll they'll get it right next time. Well, not not every episode's a winner. I mean, we could admit that we we got through Mr. Bogus, we uh, got through Blind Justice, we got through the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show. Not everyone's going to be a winner. Yeah, not yep. everyone's going to be a get a life. Yep, but I know our next episode's going to be full of red, white, and blue, and that's coming up next time right here. On It Was A Thing On TV. For Greg, for Mike, I'm Chico. Thank you for listening. Please be kind to each other. And we'll see you next week. Wow! Hey guys, how about we watch some more episodes of the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show? No, thank you. I'm trying to cut down. Me too. I'm trying to cut down. Oh my god, it's the net! Ah! Oh my god, not the net!